0: Sunday morning. Stand with us today. We are so glad that you are here. Before we begin our worship set today, I want you to do something for me. I want you to look at your favorite neighbor, look them right in the eye, make it uncomfortable. I mean, just really stare down into their soul. I want you to tell them God's got a purpose, and that's why you're here. Now get ready because it's coming. Let's sing and worship together today.
1: you laid down your life to save us you took all our shame on the cross it was laid
2: something sober. In that journey from glory to glory, that mean you're going to have to go through some things. And you know the best part of that is whatever we go through, God is already in it. So whatever we're dealing with tomorrow, God's there. Praise God. What an awesome thought. What an awesome thought. Thank you all for being here today. God has been so good to us. Those of you joining us on live stream, Facebook live, thank you for being with us as well. As would, go ahead and make your way. We'll give you an opportunity to give, and as they're coming, I'll make some announcements. For the month of February, all students will remain in the sanctuary on Wednesday nights. Tuesday, that's this coming Tuesday, February the fourth. First Tuesday evening prayer in the sanctuary at 7:30. You can pre-order your Valentine's Day chocolate-covered strawberries via the website or at Grand Central. Deadline to order is Sunday, February the 9th, and Saturday, February the 8th, annual Ladies Tea. If you haven't signed up for the tea, but would like to, please see Sister Sheila Landry for a ticket if you don't have one, and you can stay tuned with what's happening at Grace Church via our church app or by clicking the events tab on the website. Let's pray. Father, we so love you today. Lord, we know that you're the giver of all good gifts. And, Lord, as we give back today, we ask you to bless it. Bless this offering. Take it and use it. And use it for the furtherance of the gospel in this church, in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, God bless you. As you give, worship with us today. God bless you.
3: So thankful Jesus is here today. As a matter of fact, if he wasn't here, it wouldn't be a whole lot of point in us being here for that matter. But I'm glad he's here. And I felt his presence and you can see the presence of the Lord reflected in his church today. And I appreciate that so very much. Anybody love Jesus here today? Don't you love him? Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord before we move on today in our service we have several needs actually that we need to uh, present to you today um, I would like to say and we're, we're very excited about this that uh, Jonathan and Michelle Grohn and Matthew Wheeler will be leaving this coming week uh, to go on a missions trip to Norway and uh, they'll be playing and singing and um, I want us to pray for them today First of all, for their safety there and back, but also that God would anoint them and inspire them and that they'd make a great, great impact on such a wonderful, wonderful country of Norway. Thank the Lord. Let's remember them today. Also, um, Chet Allen is uh, Sherry Bunch's cousin, really needs the Lord today, really needs a touch of God in his life and uh, would like to lift him up to the Lord today in prayer. And then I just found out that uh, Brother Billy Thornton passed away this morning. And uh, was so very sorry about that. And I really appreciate Brother Billy being here today. really appreciate seeing him here today. But let's lift him up along with his family, that God will take care of them. And then our sweet brother Phil Elwood is uh, really needing a manifestation of the Lord in his life this morning. And uh, I am aware that he's maybe watching live stream right now. But um, uh, I believe he's losing his battle to cancer. And we want to pray for Brother Phil. He is a friend of Grace Church, of our family. And uh, those of you that know him, love him, one of the sweetest men you'll ever meet. We could pray for him today. That would be awesome. And uh, I also want to mention today, Lewis Duncan is not here today. Lewis came running to the altar last Sunday to receive the Holy Ghost and he has strep throat and uh, he made it very clear that he was not happy about having to stay home today because he wanted to come today and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's watching today on live stream so uh, we're praying that he'll just receive the, the Holy Ghost at, at home. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. Let's pray for Lewis. And in mentioning that, I'll remind you again that uh, you can receive the Holy Ghost anywhere, and I believe that. We know a lady that was in the delivering room about to give birth to a baby received the baptism of the Holy Ghost a number of years ago. And then Joseph Watley received the baptism of the Holy Ghost last Sunday in the media booth. So it don't matter where you are. You can be filled up with the Holy Ghost. So Lewis, take heart, buddy. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost wherever wherever you are. <clears throat> Thank the Lord. Let's carry these needs to the Lord today in prayer. Jesus, we love you today. And we're thankful, God, for your amazing presence. We're thankful, God, for your amazing presence. I pray, God, today for all of these people. We pray for the groans. We pray for Brother Matthew as they embark on this overseas trip, that you would keep your hand on them, anoint them, bring them home safely let the spirit of the lord have his way we pray for chet allen today pray for brother billy and his family for brother phil god you know all about these things and none of these things intimidate you none of these things cause you to feel fear you can handle all of these things and i pray god that you wrap these folks up in your arms that you hold them close to you keep them in the palm of your hand we ask for your blessing We ask for your comfort and your healing today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank the Lord. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. It's great to see Darnell Williams here today. Great to see you, man. And uh, I I do have to make this clear that we also have another Darnell Williams that attends. Grace Church, so there you go. But uh, he came Sunday before last, I believe was his first time here, and uh, God filled him up with the Holy Ghost, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. So, Dornell, if you don't mind, thank the Lord. Appreciate you, man. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. We welcome Darnell today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And um, as a result of our preaching last Sunday, I'd ask our creative team to do this, and they did. Uh, I made a statement preaching last Sunday that there's not a greater achievement than having your family, your kids, and your friends walk up to you in heaven and say, thank you. Uh, we have these at the concierge desk i'd appreciate everyone picking up one of these you can put it on your refrigerator you can frame it and put it somewhere in your house put it on your nightstand but keep it in front of you heaven's going to be worth the trip one of these days amen it's going to be worth the trip thank the lord and uh for those of you that have been here for well all of our services this year I'm very happy to tell you today that I brought cotton candy. So there you go. So see, the pastor can bring some good, pleasant things to the pulpit with him sometime. Y'all all understand the humor in that, I hope. There's actually a smart aleck here today that brought this. It wasn't me. And uh, I don't want to call any names, but call him Christian something something so uh, anyway great stuff Sister Murphy can't wait to have this after church today so uh, she will have her cotton candy and maybe this will cause you to go to Walmart when church is over and get your own had I thought about it, had I thought about it I'd have had a bag for everybody out in the lobby we may do that next Sunday Sister Landry we'll just bring everybody a bag of cotton candy next Sunday and you won't have to worry about it
2: is that alright?
3: Thank the Lord. Thank you for having some fun with me today. Thank you for having some fun. Thank the Lord. I believe you all to have fun in the house of the Lord. It's my honor and, and, and privilege here today to introduce our speaker, a man that I love and appreciate, a man whose life exemplifies is exemplified by his ministry, and his ministry exemplifies his life. We love Brother Jason Cooper. Let's give him some appreciation as he comes to preach for us here today.
0: Well, praise the Lord, Grace Church, it is an honor. I know you've been standing for a while. I am going to let you be seated in just a moment, but let's go ahead and go to the word of the Lord. Gotcha. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, which means dry place or desolate place. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I want you to slow down because you might miss it. There's a little spot in between this phrase and the next phrase. Moses said, comma. Then there's a little space. I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the spirit that's here today. And we thank you for the purpose for with which you've brought us here and for the way that you've set the stage for what you want to do. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do a good job. And I also pray that you'd help me to get out of the way so that your voice can be heard in a way that they can hear it and a way that they can receive it in a way that they can respond to it. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for your blessings on this service, and I pray that your voice be heard above every other voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and tell him I'm going to help him out today. Jacket's got to come off because it's hot and I am fluffy. Have y'all ever had a space-between moment? One of those moments whenever you were insightful enough, wise enough to recognize that the situation that you're in could go one way or the other depending on what you say and what you do in that moment. And there's there's a split second usually in one of these in-between spaces where you know what you want to say and you know what you really want to do, but you also realize because you are so incredibly sanctified and a chosen vessel of His grace and a living, breathing, walking, talking example of His redemptive power that you better not say what you want to say, and you better not do what you really want to do. And instead, in that split second, in that space between whenever you could be full of flesh or full of faith, where you could be a devil or you could be a disciple, where you could just as easily take a life as speak life, in that space between, you somehow manage to get your head on straight and respond in a way that will allow Jesus to be glorified instead of your flesh. Y'all ever had a moment like that? Some of you sitting there looking so holy and perfect. Donnie, you had a moment like that trying to get your kids out of the bathtub last night. You had a moment like that coming across the parking lot with your spouse this morning. I mean, can we just get real? Some of you had a moment like that because you got on Facebook and you got on Snapchat and you got on Instagram after you got to church today and you had to check yourself and not say what it was you really wanted to say. You had, you had a space between moment. I had one a few weeks ago at work. i got to be careful with this. You never know who's watching out there, but. Let's just say that I had spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of words trying to get two people on separate sides of an issue to come to an understanding. That's a very safe way to say what was going on. And one person in particular was just being stubborn. That ever happened to you? Like, I just felt it in my spirit. A husband's ribs just like caved in on the right side there. Just being stubborn. And every idea, every suggestion, every proposal that I made was met with a yeah, but I hate that word. Yeah, but. And and and, and I said, Well, look, have you have you tried have you tried this? Yeah, but well, you know, it it, it sounds like you've done a, a lot of A, B, and C, but have you thought about maybe trying X, Y, and Z? Yeah, but. You know, it really seems to me like this other lady, she really wants to make this work. So, do you think it might be possible to try? Yeah, but. And after about 12 minutes, and I know because I checked my watch whenever I went in, my face and my voice, Brother Murphy, were still smiling, but my blood pressure was at cruising altitude. And after the 17th yeah, but from this person who is made in the image of God, like I, I was starting to wonder, like, Casey, how bad is prison, really? You know, like, first offense, assault and battery, how many years is that? And there were so many things, Grace Church, that I, that I wanted to say, but y'all, y'all would be so proud of me because I I don't know that I handled it the best way, but I didn't handle it the worst way either. And finally, I just said, you know what? It sounds like you got it all covered, and I walked out. Now, that wasn't great. I know. I've got some work to do. It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. I didn't solve the problem, but I didn't make a bigger one either, and some of y'all excel at that. In that space between, in that moment when it could go one way or the other, in, the, in that space where there are two outcomes possible, but one outcome is markedly better, and a choice has to be made. At least in this instance, I made a better choice. Look at your neighbor and tell him he did good. He made a better choice. You know, those, those space between moments, they are all in the Bible, too. I want to talk to you about like 50 of them today. But if I did that, you probably wouldn't come back. So we're going to stick to two or three. But the first one lays the groundwork for the others. And we already talked about it in our text with Moses. And his was the space between drudgery and destiny. And I would really like to dedicate this part of my message to every visitor every guest that's here at Grace Church with us today. Let me do a little teaching. See, there are, there are three 40-year periods in the life of Moses. The first 40 years Moses spent in Egypt. He was born a Hebrew slave, put in a basket in the Nile River by his mother, found by Pharaoh's daughter, and then he was adopted and raised up in Pharaoh's household like a prince. But then as an adult... He murdered an Egyptian taskmaster and had to flee Egypt because Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And so he settled in the land of the Midianites and started a new life. And then there's the 40 years that Moses spent in Midian. That's the second 40-year period. And this is where he was keeping flocks of goats and sheep that belonged to his father Jethro, somewhere on the backside of the desert. And compared to where Moses spent the first 40 years of his life, Midian was nowhere. I mean, he went from being at the center of everything in Egypt to being in the middle of nowhere for this second 40-year period. And then there's the 40 years in leadership, the third 40-year period in Moses' life. He's used by God to uh, free the Hebrews from Egyptian bondage. He experienced great victories, saw mighty works of God, ten plagues, crossing through the Red Sea, manna from heaven, water from rocks, all of that. He went up on the mountain to be with God, For 40 days received this divine download of the law and the the feasts and the ordinances and the tabernacle. It's awesome stuff. I just want to say, drop this on you, especially for those of you in, in leadership and roles of leadership. Before you get really excited about that 40 years that Moses spent in leadership, I just want to point out that a big part of that leadership meant that Moses got to do the wilderness twice. The first time. He was by himself with flocks of sheep and goats. And then the second time through the wilderness, another 40 years, he got to do with a few million Hebrews. So just keep that in mind. But our, our opening scripture picks up near the end of that second 40-year period where Moses is actually entering into this transition season of his life. And he's moving into the next part of his life and what's to come and what God has planned for him. He, he just doesn't know it yet. And the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about what went on during this time, this second 40-year period in Moses' life. It It was just 40 years of life as normal. Family, sheep, work, goats, wilderness, sheep, grass, goats, bushes, sheep, desert, goats, day in, day out. Just the grind of life and trying to get through. And it sounds, sounds just a little bit unfulfilling to me for someone that has such an amazing beginning. I mean, Moses was saved from death by being put in a basket lined with pitch and set into the Nile River. Now, who here is willing to put their newborn in a tar-lined basket in the Mississippi River? Thank you, Jesus. No hands went up today. Just for the record, Grace Church does not endorse this method of adoption. There are state agencies designed for that. If you want to get one or get rid of one, please don't do the Mississippi River thing. He's rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. He's brought up in Pharaoh's household. He's got... Access to the very best, man, the the wealth, the clothes, the education, the cultural experiences. But then by the time our text rolls around in Exodus 3, Moses has gone from the very best to the very boring. From the magnificent to the mundane. From the wonderful to the wilderness. And it just, it seems kind of dull. You know, Midian is where Moses spent 40 years enrolled in Wilderness University. Some of you have studied there. Midian is a name that that means strife or struggle. Midian is where today doesn't make any more sense than yesterday. And tomorrow doesn't really look any better than today. It's the backside of nowhere, tending a flock that wasn't even his, just working, surviving, and trying to figure out how to make it. It's hot. The days are long, and it kind of stinks. You know, you got to be careful where you step whenever you're walking around with a bunch of sheep and goats. And Moses is just trying to take care of business, living life the best way he knew to live it. Out there with his shepherd's rod, man, day in, day out, walking over here, walking over there. Don't eat that sheep. Stay out, stay away from their goat. Just day-to-day sheep and wilderness and work and well, I guess this is just all that it's ever gonna be. This is all there is. And I imagine probably for Moses a little bit of guilt. And self-incrimination too Because after all it was his mistake that sent him there And he had a lot of time to think about it And to dwell on that mistake And the what ifs And the if onlys While he was out there in the wilderness Well here I am Out here doing this every day I started off so great But man I blew it I messed it up It's my fault It's my mistake And I guess this is all I guess this is all it's ever going to be. I think it's amazing how God will even step into the wildernesses that we retreat to in response to our mistakes. He'll, he, Jesus will come into our self-imposed exile in the middle of our strife in the middle of our struggle, even when it's our own fault, and he will call us out and he will call us up and he will remind us of our calling and purpose. You can even meet with God and hear his voice even in the middle of your wilderness in Midian. You know, there, there was nothing going on that was super spiritual that day. There's nothing in Scripture that would distinguish this day from one of the 14,600 days before it. At least the Bible doesn't say so. There's, there's no indication, indication in Scripture of, of dark clouds rolling in or, or thunder and lightning, no angelic hosts singing the Hallelujah Chorus and James Earl Jones' booming voice coming out of the heavens. There was none of that. There wasn't any indication that Moses had some type of prophetic dream the night before or that his wife had some type of super spiritual feeling. I want you to pay attention to this, Grace Church, especially our guests with us today. It was just another dull Normal day in the drudgery and the routines of normal life, and it was so far what Moses, so far below what Moses had imagined for himself, working on the backside of the nowhere in the wilderness, tending a flock that wasn't even his. But there in the middle of the drudgery. And there in the middle of the routine, and there in the middle of the same old, same old grind of every day, Moses sees something that just doesn't quite compute. It was strange. It was was out of the ordinary. It caught his attention, and it didn't really make a lot of sense. And Moses sees this bush, and it's on fire, but it's not burning up. I want you to watch me here because this is where it gets a little sticky. Because what was going on with this burning bush, it it wasn't normal, but it didn't look like God either. It wasn't routine, but it wasn't draped in sparkling lights. Something out of the ordinary was going on with an ordinary piece of the usual landscape. And it didn't, watch me Grace, it didn't become a God moment for Moses until after He said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned? So let let me go, let me go and take a look and see what this is all about. Moses said, I will turn aside. Let me deviate from the routine path that I'm taking in the middle of the drudgery, in the middle of the grind of day-to-day life. Let me turn aside and see what's going on and see what this is about. I'm going to change my plan. I'm going to change my intended direction for a moment because there's something going on here and I can't quite put my finger on it and I'm not sure what it is, but I need to slow down. Let me turn aside and take a look. And it was a decision point in a space between that did so much more for Moses than just change his direction. It actually put him on the path toward his destiny and what God had planned for him all along. It put Moses on track with the calling and the purpose that God had for his life. Listen to me today. I don't know who you are and I don't know where you came from. I know there's work and sheep and wilderness and goats and kids and car payments and mortgages and it's day in and day out drudgery of just normal life. But God is putting something in your path today. And it's not a burning bush. It's just a preacher with a burden who's been living, somebody who's been living in Midian in a place of strife and in a place of struggle. I want to tell you today, you're in a space between, an in-between space of transition. And on the other side of where you are today, there's something more. God's got something else planned, and it's better than what you've been walking in over the past few days, weeks, and months, and years. God wants you to see this space between for what it is and turn aside for just a moment and meet with him. I want you to get a handle on what really happened that day. God had an appointed time to meet with Moses. The scripture says in Psalms 1 and 39 that he has all of our days written in his book. That he orders the steps of a righteous man. God had an appointed time to meet with Moses. Not in the splendor of Pharaoh's palace where everything was new and everything was exciting. And it was novelty after novelty. And not even in the the tents in Midian where everything was cozy and everything was comfortable. This is really going to mess with somebody's theology today. It wasn't even Sunday. God started talking, and he wasn't even at church. But out there on the backside of the desert, on a normal work day in the middle of the wilderness where life doesn't make much sense, God put something in Moses' path to catch his attention. And because Moses was willing to turn aside he had a moment with God that changed his life and took him out of the wilderness where he had been living and into the palace that he had experienced before and made him took him from being a leader of sheep to a leader of millions. God's got a plan for this in-between space and this moment that you are in today. He's pushing you towards something. This is an arranged meeting point. But it all hinged on this space between this decision point between two phrases, between two words in Scripture where Moses decided, I'm going to turn aside and see. Watch what happens. Exodus chapter 3 verse 4. It says, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. This is what the Lord had been waiting on. God set this up. It wasn't an accident. God did all of this on purpose, trying to get Moses to just just turn aside and see. Just take a break from what you've been doing and come and see and just take a look, Moses. Get out of your own head for a little while. Get your eyes above the grind and the monotony of the day-to-day and look at me, Moses. Because you're in the the crux of a transition moment, a, a pivot point. And if you will take the time in the middle of your drudgery, then I am going to put you on the path that leads you to your purpose. See, God didn't speak until Moses made a move in that space between, to turn aside and look beyond the familiar and the common and the usual. Some of you here today, you're wondering, like, where, where is God? Where is he? I, I, where is his voice? I need direction. I need help, but I can't hear him. I need answers for this thing that I'm going through and for this season that I'm in. Could it be that God has divinely orchestrated This space between that you've been in. This moment of transition. And he's just waiting on you to turn aside from your familiar and your comfortable and your ordinary and your security. And if you will make the effort to step out of what you know and take a chance on the supernatural, then you will finally be in a position to hear his voice and respond to his direction. The order of scripture is no accident It was immediately after God saw Moses turn aside That he calls to Moses Look at what happened Because of one step aside In a between moment God revealed himself to Moses It's not just a weird bush Moses The I am that I am is here, and I've been waiting on you to get here. You've been wondering where I've been, and you haven't been able to see me all of these years that you've been wandering in the wilderness. But now you can hear my voice, and I'm calling you to something new. I'm calling you to something greater. I'm calling you to something fulfilling, something that is so uniquely suited to your talents, your abilities, your design. I'm calling you to a purpose, Moses. I'm calling you to a higher level of living. And suddenly all of those years of wandering and working make sense because I want to work through you and I have a plan for you. And You took a step toward me, Moses. And now I'm going to give you the thing that makes it all make sense. A calling, a mission, a purpose, a ministry. Something bigger than yourself. It was a space between two destinies: one of continued drudgery and grinding it out, and one of unique calling and purpose. Guys, the spaces between they they matter so much. Media team, let me give you a heads up. We're gonna. Skip ahead to the next section In the interest of time I'm going to go ahead and not talk to you And spend a lot of time with Joseph And his between space Whenever he was between temptation and trust You know there are so many of these to preach You know Abraham had a space between A a mistake and a miracle Saul had a space between his fear and faith David had a space between his anointing and his authority. All of the disciples had moments between comfort and calling. You're welcome next. Peter had a space between his failure and forgiveness. Paul had a space between his resume with the law and redemption through love. And some of these probably sound weaker than others. Not every biblical truth can be reduced to an alliterative two-word phrase that's a, that's a word worm that gets stuck in your brain. Not all a biblical truth can fit in a 140-character tweet that looks good. So we're going to skip forward today because I believe God wants to do something special in our altars today. I really believe that. Now, I want to talk to you about the space between fatigue and faith. And so the first part of my message today is dedicated to our guests, but I want to dedicate the last part of this message to all of our serve teams. If you're on a serve team here at Grace Church, if you serve in some capacity, if you're a serve team leader, our praise team, our ministry team, I really want you to hear about the space between fatigue and faith. You know, Peter knew about these spaces between. He had more than one. But in our closing moments together today, I want to direct your attention to one in particular because it so perfectly captures where so many people are living, where some of you are living today, if you're honest. It's the story of Jesus calling Peter to be a disciple, and it's, it's actually told in all four of the Gospels, but... Luke's telling of the story adds a little bit more detail. I want you to see if you can spot the space between. Luke chapter 5, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, who would become Peter, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled. All the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. I think it's interesting that we don't get the backstory until after Jesus, a carpenter by trade, tells Peter, a fisherman, what to do with his nets. I mean, we know Peter's temperament, right? And he's already let this Galilean use his boat as a pulpit. And instead of cleaning his nets and going home and getting some rest, Peter's willing to put it out there. Okay, Jesus, you want to use my boat? That's fine. But now Jesus is telling Peter how to fish. And he's tired. Not only is he tired, but Peter had just spent the whole night working, and he has nothing to show for it. Now, it's one thing to work hard. It's a whole other thing to work hard and have nothing to show for it. Hauling and casting nets all night, rowing around in the dark, hungry. How many of you know you say things out of character whenever you're hungry? I need a better amen than that. I mean, that's the type of fatigue that just sets up in your bones. And instead of Jesus saying, Hey, Peter, thanks for letting me use your boat. Here's some cash. Instead of Jesus making the fish jump out of the water and land in the boat. I mean, he could have done that. Instead of doing something miraculous and something easy, this is what Jesus does. He says, hey, Peter, now that my message is over and you fished all night and you've got nothing to show for it and now that you've got your nets almost clean and I've just preached for a few hours, why don't you go even deeper and let down your nets again? Did you catch that? When you're tired, when you're exhausted, when you're frustrated because you've been working so hard and there's just nothing to show for it, and when all you really want to do is just call it quits and go home and take a nap instead, Jesus says, why don't you go out farther than you were before and try it again? And in the space between, where the drag of fatigue and the pull of faith are at odds with each other, Peter has a decision to make. Do I go deeper than I was? Or do I pack it in and go home? Do I throw the nets that I just cleaned back into the water again? Or do I tell this carpenter to mind his own business? Do I give in to the feelings of fatigue and frustration? Or do I let faith have another shot? And what Peter decided in that space between, that space between, Lord, we've fished all night long and we've taken nothing, and nevertheless, that space in between those two phrases His decision in that one space between not only filled his ship, but it filled another ship to the point of sinking blessings so great that hardly two ships could contain it. So not only did Peter's decision in the space between give him an abundance, Of what he had been working so hard for on his own. But it put him within reach of the eternal supply. It put him in the presence of the one who never runs out folks listen to me today no matter how tired you are no matter how long you've been working no matter how frustrating it's been for you how will somebody here to give faith another shot at it I'm tired and yes it's been a long time since I've seen any fruit of my labor but Jesus if you say it nevertheless whatever my experience has been I'm willing to give it another shot and try again because it just might be Oh, it just might be that being in your presence gives me access to the things that I've been working for, an abundance of blessings, and a flow of blessings that spill out of my boat and into the boats around me because I just can't contain it all. In your moment of decision, in that place, Transition. Grace Church, I want to challenge you. Let faith step in to your fatigue. I felt this so strongly. Stand with me today. Years ago, I heard a pastor's wife tell her story of her experience when she and her husband were leaving one church where they had ministered for years and transitioning into another church in another city. And she said something at the time. It it didn't make sense to me. but She said, I felt God getting my heart ready for a move. That phrase stuck with me because, first of all, I didn't really understand what she meant until I went through it. But after I had been through a move, I understood, oh, that's what that means. Until I'd gone through it, I didn't have a frame of reference to be able to identify the truth that she had experienced. And I mention that today simply to say, I understand full well that this message doesn't resonate with everybody. We've tried to make it relevant. We've tried to make it applicable to as many as we could. But the simple fact is not everyone is experiencing a space-between moment today. But some of you are. and you've heard it and you've recognized it and you recognize there's a transition going on and you're scared because you don't know what's on the other side of the change I want to tell you something that's really going to comfort you today God arranged this today God put this together for you today. And He's arranged this beautiful meeting with you. And and He wants to just get right up close to you and and put His arm around your shoulders and love on you and walk you through this time of transition. In Luke chapter 4 Jesus quoted scripture from Isaiah and one of the things that he said was I am here to heal the brokenhearted." a little later on he implored with the people to come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest I feel the rest of the Spirit in this place right now. So Grace Church, recognize the moment that you're in. Not generally, but specifically here today, in this moment, this time. Recognize this space between where you are right now and what's coming tomorrow morning. God has arranged a meeting place with you. And if you will take a step aside, if you will turn aside and just take a look into what He's prepared, if in spite of your fatigue and in spite of your your exhaustion and in spite of all of the stress in your mind of the things that you've been trying to hold together, if you will make the most of this moment, this space between I believe God wants to meet with you and talk to you in a very special way. I don't want us to miss it. So as they begin to sing, we're just going to do what we do. Normal part of our grace culture, I'm inviting everyone to come down to the front. Maybe you've been in that moment of transition and you recognize, yeah, this one was for me, Brother Jason. God's calling my name on this one and there's, there's some things that I need to talk to him about and some things I need to look into. Maybe you've been really, really tired and frustrated and fatigued and you recognize that this is a moment where there's a pull of faith on your heart. And maybe I can give this another shot and just see what will happen because you just don't know what type of blessings might flow. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're doing great, and you can slide up beside a brother or a sister or a guest and lay hands on their shoulder and pray with them that God will begin to speak to them in the way that they need it most. But I believe this is divinely orchestrated. I believe we're in a space between right now, and God's going to begin to talk to some people. He's going to begin to heal some hearts and bind up some wounds. Oh, come on, Grace Church, let's pray. Let's pray.